welcome to Fusion Fantasy Football. All right, welcome back to Fusion Fantasy Football. I am your host, Joshua. Welcome back. And this is Fusion Fantasy Football, where I listen to tons of podcasts on your behalf. Okay, who am I kidding? I I do it for me too. But I try to pass on everything I glean to you, and I synthesize all that information and get you the important pieces and a balanced perspective on all these different topics. So that's what I did this past year. And that's what this episode is going to be. This is the classic cliche, let's look back at last year and figure out what I did wrong. Who am I kidding? Let's figure out what I did right. Yeah. Uh, Actually, I didn't have a lot of really big things that I did wrong. Um, I will get to those. And the things that I did right... Look, this isn't a toot my own horn, tout my own... Whatever. This isn't about me bragging about how right I was about anything. Because like I said at the beginning, 90% of my information I glean from other sources, which I usually try to tell you about as much as I can. I give as much credit as I can. If anyone out there ever feels like I have passed on information that you think was like your take or whatever, reach out to me. And I, and if that's where I got it and I just couldn't remember when I said it, I will gladly give credit to anyone and everyone for whatever they say that helps me win and is good information I can pass on to you guys. So Right up front, that's how it is. Uh, I'm not trying to steal information. I'm trying to borrow the best from everyone. So uh, I think it's FF Engineer. He says, uh, borrowing brilliance. So even right there, I just borrowed his saying and tweaked it for my own without even thinking about it. I realized it a second later. All right, so anyway, this year, this past year, 2018, was a pretty good year personally. I didn't end up with as many first place championships as I would like. Really close on a couple. I did end up with uh, two of them and a couple seconds and a couple thirds. You know that kind of thing. I made the playoffs in in most of my leagues. I was I was happy about that. Really, that's how you can tell consistency if you're being successful. Is if you're if you're there at the end of the season in the playoffs in contention. That's what I try to look at. I know it's really nice to to look at the dollar figures. Uh, I think I I remember adding it up. I said I said I've tweeted it and I'm, I'm saying I'm talking quietly right now because I said please no one tell my wife this, but I think I only profited like nine dollars last season. That's just how it goes sometimes, you know. If one start different, one uh, less injury, and I'm winning the whole pot, you know that kind of thing. You all know how that works. Like I said, my successes this past year are not my successes because I'm a genius. It's because I am taking the position that I'm not an expert. I am the anti-expert. I listen to the experts and then make a decision. So that's going to be the theme. If I repeat it, I'm sorry, but that's the theme because on a lot of these times that I'm going to say that I'm right... The reason I'm right, which is the important thing going forward for next season, is because I was listening to the right 
people. That was the overall theme. And you can look, the right people isn't always the same people. It's the right people for what you're listening to them about. You don't listen to a route running specialist, right? To get information on a quarterback's arm and if it's healthy, right? What else? You don't listen to um, a doctor for details on how a running back runs or if he's a good receiver and so on. I mean, maybe he's also a running back specialist. I'm not saying people can't be specialists in different different realms, but if that's what they are, I'm I'm sorry, I'm not I'm gonna go listen to the other guy who is an RB specialist. That kind of thing is what we're gonna get to. And no example is more just in your face this year. I keep saying this year. It's last year's 2018. It's 2019 now, guys. Come on. 2018 was Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck, everyone was paranoid about over the summer. All these reports, he hasn't thrown the ball, blah, blah, blah. I took the time. I sought out the right people. I sought out the experts. I listened to what they said, and I applied it to the evidence of what we were hearing, which oftentimes people were repeating things that weren't all the details. Anyway... We're going to get into that right now. My takes on 2018 Andrew Luck. Let's take a listen. Andrew Luck, what I wanted to circle around to. Andrew Luck, when all is said and done on my rankings, you'll see came out as quarterback one. I was a little surprised by that myself. I have been high on luck because I have not been buying the uh, injury recency bias that seems irrational to me when you listen to the doctors talk about his situation. And sure, there's some risk, but everything has proceeded as you would expect it to proceed for someone who pushed it and re-injured it last year. So they're just not pushing it this year. Plus, he had additional time for it to fully heal, even beyond where it healed to before he re-injured it last year. That's all that happened, guys. We don't... Sometimes these injuries happen, and because of when they happen in the year or in the season, we see them as being somehow worse. You know, Keenan Allen has his ACL in the first, what, half of the first game a couple years ago. And so he's injury-prone. Well... Is, is Carson Wentz injury prone? Why not? Week week 13 ACL. Oh, well, he had a full season and, well, no. It can happen anytime, okay? Sometimes it happens earlier in the season for some players. Sometimes it happens later. You can't look at when it happens in the season as a, a, as a factor to say how serious it is. If anything, the earlier the better, as we saw with Allen, um, and maybe we'll see with others. Hunter Henry, maybe next year, that gives them more time to heal. I am more worried about, Car- it's on the record, I am more worried about Carson Wentz starting week one than I am Andrew Luck. And I have been on this for a month or two since I looked into Andrew Luck's medical situation. He's fine. 
They're taking it slow. You want them to take it slow. Draft Andrew Luck this year at a huge value. The sooner your draft is, the sooner the better, because the later you'll be able to get him. I told you that. Me. Back to the snapshot. 328 points is what I have him projected for. And you say, whoa, 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 that's that's a lot. How are you getting that? Well, like I said, 600 attempts. Okay, well, let's dial that down a bit. Okay. And I have him for 4,300 yards, actually under his average. So efficiency is going down in, within my projection. And I have him for 37 touchdowns. So you say, oh, that's a lot of touchdowns. Okay, let's cut it back to 32. Let's cut it back to 32 touchdowns. Cut down a few other things. Guys, he still ends up in the top five. Like, I will take... I've tried it because on my spreadsheet, I can adjust those numbers and it, it it changes in real time. And I've done the scenario on this sheet where he has a less than average Andrew Luck year and he's still in the top five. He still finishes around 300 points. He can throw five fewer touchdowns and still be in the top five. You heard it. I said... 328 points. In 2018, according to the Fantasy Pros Fantasy Football Leaders rankings, Andrew Luck scored 327.1 points in the 2018 season. Ladies and gentlemen, that is ridiculously crazy good luck getting it within a point. Um, I'm not claiming that means anything. I was stunned by that. My projections changed a couple times, I believe, when I did redo scenarios, and I think their lack of receivers uh, ended up hurting them in my final projections. So what you heard in that clip, I believe, was an early version. It went down a little bit from there, but I wasn't lying when I was saying I thought he could be and would be a top five back, and this means more to me than the ridiculously lucky accurate point projection um which is that i said he could he he would be top five and he was he was fifth and as a whole the scoring across the board for quarterbacks went up in 2018 from 2017 which was a bit of a down year which correlated with uh, receiver points as well so that all made sense because deshaun watson roethlisberger ryan and of course mahomes just had years that would have made any one of them the quarterback one in 2017. So Andrew Luck is back, guys. You can't get him cheap anymore. I hope you did in Dynasties. I traded for him. I drafted him. Hope you did too. But again, how did we get that right? It was because I listened to the right people. I tracked down the information. I applied a little bit of critical thinking and I hope I pass that on to you. Another case where I was listening to the right people and looking at the medical, specifically with the medical experts, was Deontay Foreman. Big surprise. That's what I've been trying to tell you. Achilles are worse than ACLs, guys. Stay away from it for a year. If you want to pick him up at the end of the season, if you're in a dynasty or a keeper league, you want to stash him, whatever you want to do, that's fine by me but don't count on him for the first two-thirds of the season that's all that's all i'm saying you can currently buy 
Deontay Foreman, pretty cheap. And I am fine with buying him right now. I know that people are afraid of free agent coming in to Houston, maybe Bell or something like that. I doubt that will happen. They can afford to spend that money on someone with Watson coming up in a couple of years. So I don't think that's going to happen. I think they stick with Lamar maybe for this year. Foreman, if he comes along, and they'll probably draft someone in the mid-rounds. I doubt a high running back pick. And they'll just keep playing it forward like that because I think they feel like they have a pretty successful formula there. It's just been a matter of injuries and so on holding them back on uh, other pieces on the offense, not the running backs. Not running backs because what running backs don't matter. They do. I'll get into that. But they, they don't really. All right. Another situation where... Uh, this wasn't as cut and dry. Marquise Goodwin, I just saw his injury history. Uh, there was a lot of other factors at play, such as his concussions, and I was really wary of him. And so I, I made this comment going in last year. Next, Marquise Goodwin will not be better than, all right, Brandon Cooks, Marvin Jones, Allen Robinson, Michael Crabtree, and Corey Davis. He's currently being drafted ahead of all of those. And that was just a simple case of seeing the values in ADP that just don't make sense. And when we take a step back and look at it and say, what's his profile? What's his situation? It doesn't make sense. I mean, some of those were borderline Crabtree and so on, but others, Brandon Cooks, we should have known that Marquise Goodwin was not going to outscore a player who has played all 16 games and finished with over 1,000 yards for three seasons straight with three different teams. So we, well, okay, at that time it was two different teams. Sorry. Now it's been three different teams. Um, that was the point. You, we should be able to look at that, and that's something going forward again this season we should look at these players and look at ADPs and say, who doesn't make sense here? Find the high values, find the overpriced players, and either target or avoid them accordingly. Those are your edges to take advantage of. Which brings me to a, a debate that I've been having. I've been asking people I know, what do you think is more important? Is it more important to hit on a few players that are hits, like I hit on Andrew Luck, okay? Was that as valuable to my teams as avoiding a bust? And there was no greater bust for Dynasty rookie drafters in 2018 than Ronald Jones II. He's just not that big a guy, and ah man, I am I'm torn on this guy. For myself, I'll tell you, I'll tell you my personal perspective right away here. I'm staying away from him. My attitude with Ronald Jones has been don't touch Ronald Jones. That's been my policy so far. I haven't drafted I hadn't haven't I haven't had to draft him anywhere because he's usually going before I would consider him. That's how 
divisive this guy is. You either have to say he's Jamal Charles or he's Paul Perkins. Personally, I think he's Paul Perkins with draft capital and in a much, much better situation. And who's to say that Paul Perkins with higher draft capital and in a better situation couldn't have done better? But the fact is, he is where he is. He's going to get the opportunity. He doesn't have much around him. Uh, but again, he has to find success in the passing game. And this is doubly important because the only other player on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that could challenge him is Peyton Barber. But Peyton Barber is a on-the-ground, between-the-tackles runner. He is very capable running back. If you just need someone to run the ball forward, to go where he's supposed to go, he's very capable. He's proven that for a couple seasons now, being behind other running backs that were supposed to be better than him. And by the end of the season, uh, it's Peyton Barber putting up points. So are we going to see the same thing with Ronald Jones? Is it going to be Ronald Jones struggling in the passing game? And so if he's not excelling in the passing game, what's to say Peyton Barber won't be splitting his carry attempts? Honestly, I myself, like I said, was so divided on this guy. This was a hard podcast for me to try and put together, to try and figure out what I wanted to share with you guys, to try and not be biased, to try and still give you know positives, but at the same time, I don't want to lead you guys astray. There's lots of warning signs. He's a lot like Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones is 5'11", 205 pounds. And here's something you want to look at on, if you look at playerprofiler.com, great site for all of these things. I have all these players up on tabs right now. That's how I'm looking at this. Ronald Jones, running back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, draft pick in the second round. Like I said, 5'11", 205 pounds. That's a little slight. I did a whole uh, roundup kind of review of opinion on him um, maybe over a month ago. And what did I say? I said... Hey, keep an eye on this guy in preseason. If he is involved in doing well in the passing game, then jump on board because he has the attributes to be a fast, explosive runner. But the, eh, what did I say about college target share? Well, Ronald Jones, 16th percentile. Okay, not great. He just wasn't involved. And they are slight. You want to look at BMI. This is a little trick, okay? BMI, body mass index. The low percentile means they are small for their size. All right, Brita, 21st percentile. Ronald Jones, 17th percentile. Okay, Joe Williams, 29th percentile. That is not good for their role. If you're not catching passes, you'd better be able to take a beating on the ground. There's lots of warning signs. Yes, and there were warning signs. I'm having a little bit of fun there, but man, it wasn't funny if you drafted him ahead of players like uh, Sony or Chubb or even Carrion Johnson. As much of a bust as Rashad Penny was, I've got to think that by the end of the season and going forward, and even though you probably drafted Penny much earlier and possibly ahead of those other players, which that's a regret, but at least you didn't take Ronald Jones. 
And who knows, we'll see Bruce Arians there, new coaching staff. We'll see if they can get something out of Ronald Jones in 2019. He's so cheap, maybe maybe he's a buy low at this point. I'm pretty agnostic. You know, you know this if you listened. The idea here is to be anti-expert, to have takes that are not our own so we can change when the data changes. Um, I'm not tied to things. I, I'm not opposed to buying Ronald Jones cheap. But the fact is there were a number of different things, another number of different signifiers that I was listening to from a number of different sources that I trust on these kind of topics, and they were saying be very careful and they were staying away for the most part so i thank you and a lot of those people i you heard in there uh referenced i don't think in the cut i actually said it but one of the major detractors of ronald jones was of course the pod father over at roto underworld matt kelly he was definitely down on him and uh he takes he takes his share of hits from being down on players or being high on players. But uh, in this case, the points he made were valid and uh, I accepted them and I put them to use and I hope you did too. But it wasn't all roses in 2018. There were a few instances where I hope you weren't listening. Um, There weren't any, I don't have any special fancy cuts uh, because I didn't have a lot of individual takes that I recorded about that went that bad to steal from. But looking at my rankings, my projections, there were a few instances that I had near the top that were very wrong. And so I I will talk about those here. So probably the one that was the worst when it came to quarterbacks was that I had Marcus Mariota as being a possible kind of big season out of nowhere, no one expecting it thing. And that did not happen. Did not happen at all. I had him, I think, fifth. And he finished 23rd or something like that. So not great. So that was not a a good one at all for me. There's a couple others in there that I don't think are notable because a lot of people had them wrong. Having Russell Wilson as high as I did, although he he ended up finishing actually top 10, but it didn't feel like it. Things like that. Uh, Aaron uh, Aaron Rodgers, I had him one, just barely over luck by the end of my final projections. And he was sixth, right, at, right behind Andrew Luck. I'm not going to get too worried about examples like that. I am going to be worried about, or at least regretful, of examples like David Johnson for the running backs, I was saying going into the season and even throughout the season that David Johnson was going to be a good value and a good player and finish near the top. He, at times, I think was still a good value, especially in in dynasty leagues. Um, he still managed to finish, I believe it was 10th, yes, 10th overall or ninth in PPR, so depending on your scoring format. But he was not that bad, all things considered. He was still technically an RB1. He had some really big games, and he had a lot of just decent games thanks to the touchdowns. But that just means he has room to still produce. I'm not going to feel too bad about that one, but 
he wasn't as good as I'd hoped. And of course, examples like Jarek McKinnon I was high on. Injury obviously derailed that whole thing. I'm not going to worry about those kind of situations. What I'm concerned about is uh, more of a where did my process go wrong? And so I was a little wrong in my process on David Johnson. And that showed up as well in my wide receiver ranks with Larry Fitzgerald that uh, I maybe underestimated what a bad coaching staff, bad offensive line, and bad or or just new rookie quarterbacks, how much that would really hurt the offense as a whole. And we saw some pretty historically bad efficiency numbers out of that Cardinals offense. I I don't even think people who thought they were going to be bad imagine them being that bad. So maybe I wasn't too far off, but at the same time, I'm looking at others' examples and I've got to think that I could have seen it ahead of time. I really liked Keelan Cole, the player. I still do, but that offense with Bortles was just not set up to reproduce some big games that you had had in the previous year. I think that could still improve going forward with a new quarterback and I don't know about the coaching staff. They probably aren't going anywhere. I don't know why, but they aren't. But with a new quarterback who could use him, that could change. But we can't underestimate the effect that a bad quarterback in place makes. So looking forward to next year, just a quick, you know, let's let's immediately apply this. I don't do well with these vague things. So let's, let's try to immediately apply that. Um, Let's look at the Denver Broncos. Case Keenum not throwing well. I think in my last pod I mentioned Freeman, Royce Freeman, and I said I don't trust the the passing game, and I didn't really dig into it, but this is exactly what I'm talking about. If I had to pick a team to have a Cardinals-like season next year for regression and just poor, inefficient offense, Case Keenum and the Broncos passing game comes to mind as an example and so you don't want those receivers. I'm sorry, I'm not buying Sutton anywhere. But that's the kind of process that we want to improve. And finally, with these tight ends, I think what we need to be the most wary of is hanging on to name value. I had a lot of players who were Delaney Walker, Jack Doyle, Kyle Rudolph, Greg Olson, Jimmy Graham, in my top 10. Some of those I could still make an argument for, especially Doyle. It was just a matter of health. Uh, I had Rudolph in here this high. I don't know how because I really didn't like him and I was getting rid of him early in the season in leagues. But we need to think about that in the future, that there's a lot of good tight ends coming up. We saw Kittle make the leap. I think O.J. Howard can make that leap. We have Njoku. He could make that leap. So those are the kind of things, when it comes to tight ends, I would be looking forward to next year is finding these players. I, I was down on Evan Engram last year. He he actually had a pretty good season, especially when, again, Odell Beckham was out. So can he produce in the future when the whole team is healthy? I, I just don't think there's points there opportunities there for him between the other receivers and Saquon Barkley, who is a receiver, which is why he's so good. One of the reasons why he's so good. So those would be the things I'm looking out for next year is 
not hanging on to the the name value of these guys. You know, Gronk, you can't hang on to that name value. I'm trying to think on the fly of some names that we can't hang on to next year. Um, but there's a lot of turnover happening at that position. So just be ready to take advantage of those young guys as they're coming up next year. Oh, I really don't like these kind of episodes. I'm I'm honest with you guys always. I try to be. And uh, I love to improve and to analyze and, and reflect on what I've done badly. But it's sometimes difficult to put into words, but it's probably a good exercise for myself. So, hey, I hope you got something out of this episode. If if you didn't, at least I did, I hope. And hopefully that'll translate into a benefit for you in the future. So even if you didn't get anything out of this episode now, hopefully you got, you'll get something out of it with a better product out of me in the future. Guys, uh, coming in here under 30 minutes again, so that's nice. I probably, one week since my last episode, that's probably going to be what I'm going to shoot for here in the off season. I'm looking at maybe mixing in some other things if there's any other topics you'd like to, to hear about. Um, my next episode, I'm going to be focusing on studying up these rookies. And I'm probably going to have to break it up into a couple episodes by position. There's just a lot of names. And I don't want to just be reading names off on on air. Uh, I don't also want to spend too much time digging into and analyzing them either. But I just want to list off their situations, what to look for. That's probably the biggest thing I want to try and do is is what to look for out of each of these players in the combine. So as soon as the combine numbers come in, you can say, hey, let's look. Uh, we had some players like that last year where we were waiting to go see them. We know we saw DJ Moore test out better than we had even hoped. We had some instances like uh, Ronald Jones numbers came in. It wasn't great. Yeah, yeah, I know, health. Maybe he, he had his ankle or something like that. But we just want to be ready to actually apply the data to these players in a useful way and uh, get as good of rankings as we can going into the draft and our uh, our rookie drafts following the draft. I will say I'm going to be missing pretty much the month of April. I have a uh, extended family kind of once-in-a-lifetime opportunity vacation so I'm actually very, very poor planning by me. I'm going to be missing the draft. I'll be literally on a plane uh, at the time. But I'll be ready to uh, jump right in and look at all these landing spots on the players. That's the next step after the combine in the analysis. So really looking forward to it. Had a lot of fun last year. At this time of year, it was almost as, as strange as it sounded. Once the season started, I sort of missed I sort of missed it, but it was fun to see how the, all these things played out. Got to see how some of you know our favorites played out and uh, succeeded. You know, Nick Chubbs and things like that. Got to got to really see the payoff on that, even in this season, which we feared maybe we wouldn't. So I hope you enjoyed your 2018 season as as much as I did, and I hope that 2019 is even better. That closes the book. On 2018. Goodbye. Hello 2019. Look out we're coming.